Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. I'm having some fun talking to Jeannie Chilson from Chilson Motors. And we're talking Ram trucks. And there's an awful lot of pride that goes with the Ram truck owners and the technology and the creators of those Ram trucks. And they have a lot to offer. Absolutely. Ram offers anywhere from a 1500 series all the way up to a 5500 series. So whether you're just towing something around town or you need us to customize it for your business or for your work, we have the Ram experts to do so. Ram trucks are so versatile. You can find them working hard to a night out on the town and they fit right in where wherever they go. Absolutely. Ram has worked very hard to create an interior on their trucks that is really a luxury vehicle in a truck. Excellent layout of seating, appointments, and they have really worked hard on the detail of their trucks to give owners a really comfortable, well-appointed driving experience. Ram really looks out for their customers by creating great value in their truck. Absolutely. Ram offers so many different engine options as well, too, from the diesel to the classic V8 Hemi to the new TRX, which has a lot of horsepower. How can we find out more about Ram trucks? You can visit either of our two showrooms, Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Highway 53 in Chippewa Falls or Chilson's Corner Motors in Cadott at the corner of Highway X and Highway 27. Or you can visit us on the web at chilson.com. Remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Friday morning at Wax at the end of the bar. Chore time here at the Shank of the Day as we get the farm show underway. Bob with you this morning. Jill, of course, celebrated a birthday. Maybe she's still at the end of the bar. I don't know. But <laughs> Jill now with us this morning. Taking a little bit of a long weekend, and good for her. Hopefully she had a good birthday party last night, and uh, she's able to celebrate over the nice long weekend with her family. So, uh, Bob, doing the chores alone. I won't be alone long. Brent Wink is on the road, I'm sure, coming in this morning. He'll get us updated. He had a couple of field days that were uh, very successful and very interesting. If you go to those field days, you learn an awful lot about what's going on with the crops, what's going on with new technology, what's ahead out there, and maybe uh, some of the things you might have done better when you talk to the experts from the various companies around, be it uh, seed, fertilizer, chemicals, whatever the case may be. But uh, Brent will be in talking about that as uh, we continue on. Hot weekend as we go forward, but still a lot of things going on around the area over the weekend. Hopefully you'll get out and do some. Class 3 price came out for August. Uh, Not much to get excited about, although better. We'll talk about that. Land sales. And uh, Florida folks are excited, and they should be. They're losing their citrus industry in forever. We've talked about Florida citrus oranges and grapefruits, but citrus greening has been killing the trees. They have that under control. They say they have it under control. They're breeding new trees for replacements, so the citrus industry can get out from under that scourge of citrus greening down there in Florida. So lots to talk about this morning. What else have we got? Oh, we're going to hear about maybe the biggest high school agriculture program in Wisconsin. Where do you think it is? We'll hear about it coming up as they've got about a half a dozen ag teachers at one high school in Wisconsin. Not a traditional agricultural area, but... They've got quite a program down there, and we'll hear about that going forward. So we got lots to talk about this morning as we get started, and I guess uh, the hot weather may be the big story. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And the cone should be off the roads over the weekend, so you should be able to get where you're going without uh, road construction being a problem, unless roads and bridges are torn out, but... Like along the interstate, they'll have four lanes open all the way or six lanes, depending on where you're at in the state. So traveling shouldn't be a problem. Just do it safely and do it 
carefully and don't get too excited. Just uh, allow the traffic to move. It's going to be hot, sunny today, 87, and that's the cool day for the next, uh, probably the next four or five, because it's going to be in the 90s, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, 98 on Sunday, 97 on Monday, the forecast, cooling down to 80 on Wednesday, this Thursday, it looks like it'll be in the 70s, but it's hot around the area, that's for sure, so uh, again... Don't get hot under the collar if you're driving or doing whatever you're doing. Enjoy the weekend. Relax if you can. If you've got chores to do, that's uh, obviously first priority. But again, if you're going to have a chance to enjoy the weekend, uh, going to the lake or wherever you're going, enjoy it, won't you? 87 and sunny today. It's 53 right now. Friday morning at Wax. About a minute after 5, this is 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. NBC News Radio. I'm Trey Thomas. Former President Trump's election trial in Georgia will be broadcast live on YouTube. More from Mark Mayfield. The judge presiding over the Georgia indictment of the former president ruled on Thursday that all of the court proceedings will be live streamed on the court's YouTube channel following requests from media outlets to allow cameras in the courtroom. Trump and 18 other defendants face state racketeering and other charges related to alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election results in the state. Trump pleaded not guilty in the case on Thursday. I'm Mark Mayfield. President Biden will visit Florida Saturday after Hurricane Idalia slammed the state. He thanked workers for their hard work in the recovery during an unscheduled visit Thursday to FEMA headquarters in Washington, D.C. I admire what you do. I'm across the board. It's amazing the sacrifices and, I might add, the risks your folks are taking out on the field. Idalia, which has now been downgraded to a tropical storm, made landfall early Wednesday on Florida's Gulf Coast as a powerful Category 3 hurricane. Two people are dead after a shooting at a mall in Texas. It happened Thursday at the Arboretum Shopping Center. The victims were pronounced dead on the scene. One person was taken to the hospital with critical injuries. The gunman is in custody. Alabama's attorney general says he can prosecute people who make travel arrangements for women getting out-of-state abortions. In a court filing, Republican Steve Marshall wrote that providing transportation for Alabamians leaving the state to get an abortion could be considered a criminal conspiracy. Marshall faced lawsuits in July from two women's health centers and the organization Yellowhammer Fund, which says it supports those who are pregnant and require assistance. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And I can vouch for that. Office Corps is uh, a shadow of her former self. Uh, Olivia program really working for her and working for me, yours truly, as well. I'm on the program and I've been losing weight as well, about uh, 30 pounds in a month and a half. So uh, that's good. That beer belly I was getting gone. And that's a nice thing. Hey, it's going to be hot. Probably sweat off a few more pounds this weekend as well. So, again, if you're outside doing chores, whatever you're doing, if you're starting to chop corn or make another hay crop, whatever you're doing, be careful because it's going to be hot. Today, 87 and sunny, and this is a cool day for the next uh, five or six. Down to 67 overnight, so it's not going to be cooling off as much as it has the past few nights. And then tomorrow, 90. Sunday, 98. Monday, about 97. Tuesday, 92. We don't say that, so we can say, ha ha, it's hot. Be prepared is what it amounts to. So know that it's going to be hot and, uh, you know, keep water around. Not Mountain Dew. (laughs) Can't believe how many people drink Mountain Dew when it's hot, but uh, wow. Yeah, water is a whole lot better for you than Mountain Dew. But uh, again, whatever, whatever trips your trigger. But again, it's uh, whatever you have, something to drink, because it's going to be hot. Then cooling off Wednesday, it'll be down to 80, probably in the 70s on Thursday. It looks like maybe later on Tuesday or into Wednesday, we could have some rain. But in the meantime, it's going to be a hot Labor Day weekend, 57 in Rice Lake right now, 51 in Medford, 54 in Wausau and Marshfield, 55 at Green Bay and Madison and Sun Prairie, Milwaukee at 58, La Crosse at 64 this morning. And it's a very pleasant 53 right here in the Chippewa Valley this morning as uh, we take a look at more news on a Friday morning. Markets, what we're going to do next. 
Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And the sale barns, of course, pretty much shut down. A little premier livestock over and with you having that big dairy sale today. Don't forget that if you're looking for some cattle. And uh, again, for Labor Day, markets uh, will be closed as far as, uh, you know, not getting cattle in there to sell. Later in the day, many of the sale barns will be uh, having folks uh, in to take your cattle for Tuesday sales, but no sales on Monday. In the meantime, looking at how the livestock traded this week, choice-fed beef steers and heifers have been trading 175 to 191 and a half, mixed steers up to 174. Choice-fed Holstein steers this week, 160 to 172. Select and choice and silage-fed, 119 to 159. Cows, 80 to 109, topping at 138. The bulls, 114 to 125. Butcher hogs, 44 to 89. The sows, 42 to 49. And the boars, 20 to 23 and a half. New crop market lambs this week, 175 to 210. The feeder lambs, 35 to 205. And the sheep and lamb trade, uh, also the goats, rather. We had, well, as far as user in the sheep trade, 60 to 115. Then small goats, 15 to 215. The medium, 70 to 230. Large goats, 125 to $400. Nanny goats, 35 to 340 at the Mercantile Exchange yesterday. Mixed trade, live cattle, they were higher. October live cattle, 180.82. That was up 77. December, 184.80, up 57. February live cattle, 188.85. That was up a half a dollar. Feeder cattle were mixed. August, 249.10. That was down 95 cents, but then prices went higher for feeder cattle. September at 253.27, up 65. October, 256.02, that was up 80 cents. November feeder cattle, 257.65, up 92. And January at 256.70, that was up 95 cents. Hogs were lower across the board. October lean hog carcass contracts closed at 82.55, that was down $1.05. December at 74.32, down 77. February at 78.70, down 40, and April hogs 84.05, that was down 2 cents. Board of Trade lower again yesterday, wheat led the markets lower, and again, uh, I really can't figure out these trends about why they're going lower. Corn sales have been down, Brazil is really into the marketplace now with a big crop they had, but the weather doesn't seem to be a factor out here in these trades, nor are foreign sales, you think that would drive some prices up with the weather concerns? But it hasn't. December corn was down yesterday, up two cents, sitting at four eighty this morning, exactly where it was yesterday morning at this time. Oats up two cents at four ninety five. Oats continue to be higher than corn prices. December wheat up three at six oh five. November soybeans up twelve at thirteen eighty one. And uh, remember, yesterday corn at this time was thirteen eighty. So our beans rather were thirteen eighty. So uh, the bean market did go down yesterday in the day trade. December meal up thirteen ninety a ton, and uh, excuse me, it up three ninety a ton, sitting at four oh seven ninety. Dairy markets cheese unchanged one eighty six in the barrels, one ninety nine and a quarter on the blocks, and uh, butter grade double A up two and a half at two sixty four and a half. September class three up two at eighteen eighty nine. October up fifteen at nineteen ten. November up twenty four at eighteen seventy eight. December up thirteen at eighteen sixty five. January up eight cents at eighteen forty eight. Prices were higher out through July, and we'll take a look at that August class three price. Of course, it went off the board yesterday with the final day of the trade, and it's uh, already official. I'll tell you what that number is. Coming up on Wax, 12 and a half minutes after 5, 53 degrees, 87 today. And again, that's the cool day for about the next 4 or 5. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, let's get at it. Class 3 for August as we take a look at some of our farm news this morning. August Class 3, seventeen ninety one. Now that is up $3.42 from July when the price was thirteen seventy seven. But it's down two dollars and ninety-one cents from last August. So seventeen ninety-one, the August class three. The high was in January in nineteen forty-three. The average for this first eight months of the year, if I did my averaging right, if I got my average figuring uh, cipher correct from school, 
The average so far this year is $17.06. So uh, that's well below where we were last year. But again, the August Class 3 coming out at $17.91. But July was only thirteen seventy seven. That was horrible and uh, not good at all, that's for sure. Well, let's take a look at uh, some other things as far as prices are concerned. As we said, farmers are paying more for inputs, getting less for their production. Uh, the Class 3 milk price is a good example. But there has been some good news recently on the expense side of the ledger. Fertilizer prices continue to come down. The latest DTN survey of those prices shows all eight major fertilizers were lower compared to a month ago and a year ago, showing the biggest drops were prices for anhydrous and uh, UAN32 urea ammonium nitrate, both down 10%. It puts anhydrous at $622 a ton and UAN at three fifty-five. Remember, we were talking $1,000 for some of the $1,000 a ton for some of this fertilizer here a year or so ago. Potash is down 6% to $557 a ton as all fertilizers are now double digits lower in price when compared to last year at this time. And uh, again, not only prices coming down for what we sell, but uh, good thing we're coming down for what we buy, too. In other news, it looks like it'll be two against one when a dispute settlement process gets underway under terms of the U.S.-Canadian-Mexico Free Trade Agreement. That's because Canadian officials have said they will side with the United States against Mexico over Mexico's decision to ban genetically modified corn for human consumption. They'll take it for animal feed, but not for human consumption. This uh, president in Mexico, this Obrador, he's a loose cannon down there. And again, uh, nobody knows what's going to happen in Mexico with this guy in charge because he uh, really is off the rails on a lot of things agriculture being one of them. Trade officials in both the U.S. and Canada say they are afraid this might be the beginning of Mexico under Obrador of not complying with other terms of the agreement as well in the future, so beyond agriculture. And so they're uh, they're concerned, but uh, Canada siding with the U.S. when that trade dispute panel does get underway. And when that will happen, we don't know. And saw an interesting, another interesting study. It's always interesting to compare the numbers. And the value of farmland across this country is still going up, but not as fast as in previous years. Higher interest rates and better options for some of these non-farm buyers, these investment groups that have been in the land market, well, it's taking away some of the competition for cropland across the country, even though, as one longtime farm real estate leader said, good farmland is always going to bring a good price. Here in Wisconsin, the value of an acre of farmland in 2021 was $7,000. Now, in 2022, it went up $900, but this year, the increase is just $600, but it's at $8,500. In Iowa, land values jumped over $3,000 an acre from 2021 to 2022, but this year, it's only gone up $400 an acre, but it's uh, still pretty valuable land, $15,400, still the average price of an acre of land in Iowa. Minnesota good farmland has increased by about $300 over the past year to where uh, this year the average price of farmland in Minnesota is $10,000 even. And again, uh, land values have gone up. Illinois is uh, the most valuable, really. $16,000 an acre went up $1,000 over the past year, but... uh, that's a whole lot less than about the uh, twenty-five, twenty-six hundred dollars from twenty twenty-one to twenty twenty-two, and across the board, it's the same story. Minnesota, as we said, up three hundred. Iowa up four hundred. Nebraska up five hundred dollars after being up about three thousand dollars a year before that. North Dakota land up six hundred dollars. South Dakota land did go up eleven hundred dollars from twenty twenty-two to twenty twenty-three. Texas land up $600. So some interesting comparison. Land prices going up, but uh, slowing down. The inflation isn't quite as bad as a lot of these people are staying out of the land market and uh, going to other investments with the higher interest rates and uh, maybe a little better return on their dollar. Although they're they're not making any land. These guys aren't going away. These non-farm investors are not going away. That's for sure. And coming up, the uh, largest high school ag program in the state of Wisconsin. 
We'll hear what that is next right here on Wax. But, uh, again, got some uh, big things coming up. Auctions are taking a, a different path. You don't have to necessarily be there to be part of an auction. And uh, here's an example of what I'm talking about. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. When most people think of FFA, they tend to think of strong agricultural roots in a rural background. However, FFA is making its way into more urban school districts. The Milwaukee Vincent High School Agricultural Education Program is an example of FFA and agriculture thriving in the most urban area of Wisconsin. Coming to you from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Nate Zimdars, and I'm speaking with Tyler Foote, one of the agricultural education instructors at Milwaukee Vincent. He shares more about how the program works in an urban setting. What education courses do you offer in an urban setting like Milwaukee? So at Vincent High School, we offer six different pathways that focus on agricultural education. The first one is agribusiness and entrepreneurship, and that's what I focus on. What's unique about Vincent High School is that we have six different agriculture teachers, and I know that in traditional agricultural education settings, it's often one teacher, one teacher program where they teach multiple classes, natural resources, animal science, food science. So we're really lucky to have six different pathways and six different teachers. So I teach the agribusiness and entrepreneurship pathway. We then have animal science, culinary arts, food science, environmental science, and horticulture science. Students have the opportunity as a freshman to take all of our six pathways in a rotation style class. So they get six weeks with each teacher and each pathway where they learn the basics of our program, our pathway, excuse me, and what we will be teaching in our introduction class their sophomore year. Their sophomore year, they pick which pathway they want to pursue. And then their junior year, they have an opportunity to take more advanced classes where it's even more hands-on opportunities working in our barns, our greenhouses, outdoor learning environments. So it's like a progression from very basic to as much hands-on opportunities as possible within these six pathways. How long has the agricultural education program been in place at Vincent? Vincent High School, interestingly enough, started as an agriculture school back in the 70s. It was built on the northern side of Milwaukee with about 70 to 80 acres of land. What's really unique is that the school started with a focus on natural resources and agribusiness. So a lot of the classrooms had sinks and lab spaces where teachers worked with students on these agricultural sciences. As time went on and progressed, unfortunately, the program started fading out. And so around the late 90s, the program actually ended at Vincent High School. It wasn't until about 2012 when a group of science teachers decided that we have a greenhouse, we have the space, we have the facilities, let's try to bring the agriculture program back. So we started with natural resources, animal science, and all these other the six pathways that we have continued on to Vincent High School. Now we're, we're, you know, we're, we're sitting at the six different pathways. We have a greenhouse. We have an outdoor learning barn. We have a path through our new forest, which we just planted, about 2,700 trees, as long as a native prairie and orchard outdoor classroom. So we've progressed a lot since 2012. We're moving forward to even have more things. So is Milwaukee Vincent still technically considered a agricultural high school of sorts, or is it a general all-purpose high school like most other schools in the state? Unique in Milwaukee Public Schools, MPS, is we have a variety of specialty high schools. What we are currently trying really hard to do is create Vincent High School to be the Vincent High School of Agricultural Sciences. So we're working on changing the name of the physical school so that both the state and the community and the students and families can recognize that Vincent is focused on these agricultural sciences. Right now, it's just another public high school with an MPS, with an agricultural education department, just like many rural programs across the state. We're trying to take it a step further where majority of our curriculum will have some sort of agricultural focus on it. Have you seen strong interest and support from students and community over the past few years since the program has come back? When I first started at Vincent High School, I did not see much interest or knowledge that we actually had a agricultural program 
in the city of Milwaukee. While some people knew, and we often had press Evanston High School looking at our barn and our our animals at the Wisconsin State Fair, we really didn't get into the community as much as we have liked. What I am really thankful for and proud of is that we got involved with a few local farmers markets in the summer where we get to go sell our products that we make at school, such as lip balm, candles, and lotions, but also our products, our produce that we grow in the garden and grow boxes, and even our hydroponic systems. And during these farmers markets, I have seen tremendous growth in people understanding that we have an agricultural education department at Vincent High School. So during my time, during my past six years at Vincent High School, I have seen tremendous growth in both the community and students recognizing that we have agriculture at Vincent. How does the Milwaukee Public School District feel about what you have going on? Have they been pretty understanding and supportive of the program's growth? So MPS is a very large school district with lots going on, lots of moving pieces. And we've been thankful to have many supportive figures within MPS really trying to help our program succeed and continue on. So we're really thankful for those who have been working really hard with us because this is unique. Even a lot of our central office staff, they don't know what agricultural education is or why we need it. So we've worked really hard as a staff to show them the importance, and many people have shown interest and support in purchasing our products. But just coming to our programs that we have and just seeing the items and the opportunities we can give our students. It's a work in progress, but every year I've seen more people become involved. What kind of FFA activities do you offer your students throughout the year? FFA is such an integral part of agricultural education, part of the three-circle model, classroom, SAE, and FFA. The problem, I want to say, with Vincent High School is that most of our students have never experienced agriculture education at all. So when they come to Vincent High School, FFA is such a unique concept to them that it's often hard for us to connect to them the importance of it. For these students, their first exposure to it is in high school at the ninth grade level. So we've been working, again, really hard on doing the basics, teaching students that FFA is about leadership, about going to conferences, meeting new people. So FFA is something that we've been really focused on and trying to really work with our students on. But connected to that, We work with MANNERS, which is an acronym for Minorities in Agricultural, Natural Resources, and Related Sciences. And we work with UW-Madison and their collegiate program. And we bring our students to Madison to show them that black and brown students especially can have a pathway, a career, and and a way to have agricultural as a, a career or focus for them. So we work with MANNERS. We work with FFA. We're looking forward to be invested in both of those programs more in the future. How do you, as an urban program, interact with other FFA chapters from much smaller rural districts? We have been working on making connections with other programs because our program is in the city. There are other rural programs that are pretty close to us. We're working on, as staff and as agricultural educators, to go to professional development events, go to meetings, just to have a presence because I think that's important. I think it's important for rural FFA chapters to understand that what we have is unique, and yet we're trying really hard to teach students in the city that their food comes from agriculture. And I think that's important that even students from other chapters even come to Vincent High School to see where the, a lot of the produce that they create and make go and who consumes it within the city. They've got quite a program at Milwaukee Vincent High School. Tyler Foote, the ag instructor down there with about a half a dozen teachers. But uh, again, they've recognized the importance and they've put the facilities in and uh, doing a good job down there at Milwaukee Vincent. They always said, if you get down in Milwaukee, stop at that school, take a look. You will be very, very impressed. And uh, I don't doubt that we would be impressed when you've got six teachers teaching agriculture. That's uh, That's something to see, that's for sure. Hey, it's 5.30 in the morning. we got to keep moving along. We're going to get an updated weather forecast. Mike Dandry is going to join us. But right now, we're going into the newsroom because Morgan McCarthy is with us to take a look at the morning news on a Friday. Morgan, hey, good morning. What's going on? 
Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We'll start with the Milwaukee County supervisor blaming the jail for a riot that saw 27 inmates barricade themselves inside of the jail's library. Supervisors in that area yesterday said the inmates didn't rise up to be jerks, but barricaded themselves inside the library because the conditions had been terrible for so long. Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office says the 27 inmates would not leave the library. This was on August 12th because they wanted more exercise time. It took a jail SWAT team to break in there and get the inmates out. Milwaukee County prosecutors filed formal charges against all 27 this week. On the Capitol level, a package of bills unveiled by state Republican lawmakers would create new child care slots by changing rules to the minimum number of workers allowed per kid. It would also let 16-year-olds assist child care teachers, and lawmakers say it would increase access to child care and lower costs. While on the other side of the aisle, Governor Tony Evers says the bills would reduce the quality of child care. It was wheels down from D.C., this time the First Lady visiting Wisconsin in Madison yesterday as Jill Biden met with U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin. An event about improving access to cancer screenings, some education wrapped up in her visit as well. And she was also before the American Federation of Teachers. In other headlines, well, if you're getting your red and white out and getting ready to jump around again, a little sigh of relief if you're not actually in Camp Randall, just there in spirit. Wisconsin will be on TV tomorrow. The Badgers game against the University of Buffalo will be shown on Fox, though, not ESPN. Just a heads up there. I have a feeling our own Bob Bosold will be in the student section jumping around. He blends in, you know. And he also could uh, probably double for one of these bobbleheads. Have you seen these? National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum unveiled an officially licensed limited edition Wisconsin Badgers Bucky Badger jump around bobblehead. So if you want to make some room on your shelf for that guy, you can see a photo online as well. 715newsroom.com. And if you are headed that way to jump around in the student section or beyond, never too early to say a nice, hearty, go Bucky. And I have a good feeling there are probably already some students tailgating right now in that area. But before we get to the fun, we have the chores to do, and that takes us back to the barn with Bob Bolsolt and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Thank you, Morgan. I don't know what they're going to have for, uh, I was only half listening there to Morgan as you were talking about the bobbleheads. I don't know if that'll be... Uh, free like when you go to a brewer game or something they give it to you free i don't know if the badgers wisconsin ever gives anything free brent wink is with us and yeah. uh, he'll be on the program uh, with so his your program. time in madison did you ever did they ever have the bob bolsold bobblehead they didn't never <laughs> <laughs> that was you in class they had to get, they had to get, yeah be in class was a bobblehead that's for sure but i don't know if they i did like i said i wasn't you and i were visiting here yeah. i didn't pay that attention if they're gonna give that away like they do at the brewers yeah. game are you gonna be you down there tomorrow it? No, I was, a, I was, I just a benefactor. Okay. I told my kid down. I said, "You take the tickets and take your aunt Sharon to the game." Okay. And this I told him a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I said, "I'm just going to be getting back from overseas. And I'm going to stay home and and rest up." Boy, am I glad! What a decision. Ninety degrees tomorrow. A few clouds. The seats are on the east side of the stadium, which means that sun goes around the west side right. behind the press box. Yep. And it's just like sitting in a sauna. And maybe so. he'll still give you the bobblehead. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I need a bobblehead, that's for yes. sure. But right. uh, speaking of bobbleheads, Mike Dandre, are you awake over there? I'm awake, but what, what are you trying to say over here, Bob? <laughs> well, I was just saying, speaking of bobbleheads. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you be the bobblehead? Yeah, well, that that's a possibility, <laughs> I will tell you. But uh, like I said, uh, Mike Dandre over at Skywarn 13 with us for our weather. But uh, I think I made a, a good decision, although uh, one thing about it, when you sit in those seats in the stadium, you know, you get there in the colder day, people have sweatshirts and jackets and coats on. Mm-hmm. Boy, it's going to be uh, T-shirts. It won't be so crowded in the stands because you won't yeah. have clothes to deal with. It's going to be hot, buddy. Yeah, when you sit in the seats where the sun's going to be baking on you, yeah, it, like you said, a sauna. Perfect, uh, perfect description of that. And today, actually going to be one of the cooler days in this immediate stretch. And that said, we're still topping out in the upper 80s. That's about 10 degrees above where we should be for this time of year. We'll have those winds out of the south that'll get pretty breezy at times, helping to bring in more of that heat coupled with a good bit of sunshine. Now, tonight, a few clouds may stroll in through the overnight and may cause just a stray shower by the daybreak hours of tomorrow. Otherwise, for tomorrow, to the low 90s, and we'll have a good bit of sunshine and a couple passing clouds, too. We'll have those intervals of clouds and sun. Staying mild tomorrow night, mid-70s for our lows. And Sunday, that's where things just continue to heat up, getting into the upper 90s, approaching record territory. That'll be the case for Monday as well. In fact, our record high on Monday is 96 degrees. I do think that we'll have... 
a pretty good chance at getting above that. Otherwise, then Tuesday night, that'll bring more chances for a few showers and storms, but not before warming up to the low 90s once again. This will cool us off for Wednesday, however, as our highs approach the 80-degree mark, and then we stay with the more seasonable mid to upper 70s to take us into Thursday. But a pretty comfortable start overall this morning, 55 degrees with that dew point of 49 degrees. Uh, What are you doing this weekend? I'm going back to Minnesota, uh, seeing the family for a nice long weekend for Labor Day. But, uh, yeah, I think in St. Cloud, it's looking like might hit the triple digits on Sunday. So uh, St. Cloud. Yep. We were talking about the St. Cloud University uh, yesterday. <laughs> That's did where you, I went to school. Did you really? You went there too early. You could have majored <laughs> in uh, cannabis or, or marijuana. Might have to uh, re-enroll. Well, go get a master's degree. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you later. All right, you too. There he goes. That's Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13. Looking at the weather on wax. We're about 23 minutes before 6 o'clock. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 21 minutes before 6 o'clock. Brent Wink is here in the studio getting ready to do his program. Probably got to ask you, though, besides uh, what you do with a get a paycheck, you also farm so you yeah. can find some place to give it away. <laughs> we talk about fertilizer prices as DTN survey. Now, this is a national average as we see that yep. uh, some of these prices of where they're at, you know, anhydrous 622, potash down 6% to 557 a ton. What are you finding as uh, you're getting some of these opportunities from the co-ops for fertilizer prices booking for next year yeah absolutely you know potash specifically you know it's down a couple hundred bucks a ton from a year ago and a lot of you know i've got many co-ops i deal with about five or six but potash is in that uh mid to upper 400s you know less than five hundred dollars a ton so a little less than the average so we finally won we won one we're less than the average we're used to being on the wrong side exactly so it's yeah, it's it's good to see, and, and like you said in that report, that the the prices are certainly off from where they where they were a year ago. Boy, remember thousand dollars a ton? Remember talking about yes. that? that? Yes, yes, that hurts. Yeah, the, unfortunately, the grain price is dropping probably oh. at a more Why? rapid pace. What, now, what are you what are you hearing? You talk to guys too, and I I have, but yeah. with the weather, this crop is not going to you know with this hot dry weather we've had, you know, I would think. Yeah, I think just this you know uh, should be going up. Somebody told me. I mean, this is the months that are the lowest just yeah, in, in trend. Yeah, so yeah, we're just, getting on that harvest pressure, and then we'll see. We'll see what kind of crop is out there. But boy, we went from uh, the rain was just fine, and we're going to be just fine. And boy, it's it's dry again. Wow. Yeah, and and this week isn't going to help. Any, no, this weekend isn't no. going to help. So again, yeah. Well, at least uh, that's that's a good one of the good tunes because we looked at again the class three. If you missed that earlier. We talked about the Class Three price. Not only fertilizer prices are down, but like we said, uh, farmers getting used to getting less for what they produce. August Class Three, seventeen dollars and ninety-one cents a hundred. Now that's up three forty-two from July when it was only thirteen seventy-seven, but down two dollars and ninety-one cents from last August, the average so far this year, at seventeen oh six. So again, prices. Well, some we like, some we don't. I guess is what we can say. All right, we've got uh, markets to get to. Brent's going to be here with uh, more of his program, but uh, looking for some good cattle. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 17 minutes now before 6 o'clock, and got a rainfall report from the Colvinsberger Brothers over in Loyal. Didn't see Greg or Dan or anybody at uh, Loyal Corn Fest on Sunday. Maybe they were there earlier. But uh, maybe they were still adding up uh, their rain. Who knows? But, uh, again, the Colmenberger's brother just outside of Loyal, 2.26 inches is all they got in August. The high temperature, 94 degrees on the 23rd. The low was 41 on the 31st. Yeah, it got cold overnight this last week. Fourth crop is about a week from cutting. Just cut the alfalfa. New seeding second crop. That's a few days ago. And the hay crops are okay, but could have really used more rain. Yeah, couldn't we all? Corn is looking great. Beans are looking fine as well. All the crops could use some rain. We're not going to get any for the next few days, though. And had not had any rain over there in that loyal area for about two weeks. So thanks to Greg and Dan, the Coleman'sberger brothers over there in loyal. And uh, we've got calendar to look at, too. 
And again, if you haven't got your cheese laid in for the weekend celebrations, here's a good place to get it. And take a look at what's going on. Hey, don't forget tomorrow morning on the air, the Pittsville FFA is now in the lineup for our FFA on the air. So Lindsay Meisner and her kids will be on the air tomorrow morning. So listen to that at oh, about 6 o'clock with the Pittsville FFA. Other things going on. Tractor pulls in the area this week. Today, tonight, there's going to be a tractor pull. Town and Country Days in Shell Lake. Tomorrow, Sturgeon Fest in Jim Falls on Sunday. The Ridgeland Nationals, that's a tractor pull in Ridgeland. And on Monday, Willow Springs in the Wausau area will have uh, the tractor pull. Also, if you want to go to a horse pull, they're going to have a horse pull in uh, Mondovi. That'll be on Sunday. That'll start at 11 o'clock, sponsored by Lazy L Trailer Sales there along 37. And also, a horse pull is going to happen on Monday in Ridgeland at the Ridgeland Fair. That'll be 9 o'clock in the morning. So uh, get up and get the chores done early. Also, down the road a ways, Owen with the FFA alumni and supporters are going to have a breakfast at the Orchard. That's Saturday, September 9th at the Black River Orchard in Withy. That's on County Road. Oh, that's about a half mile south of 29. So, again, get over there and enjoy that breakfast. And uh, it's going to be 5 until 9. So, again, that's on September 9th in the Owen Withy area. So, lots going on. Get out and enjoy it as it's going to be a good, hot weekend to get things done. Find a shade tree, though, whatever you're doing. Let's get to the market. What happened yesterday, Altoona? Here's Jim Lindsay to tell us. Choice beef steers and heifers, $1.50 to $1.82. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.50 to $1.77. High-yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.60 to $1.70. Choice Holstein steers, $1.45 to $1.59. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.44 and down. Top 20% of the cull cows sold from $1.04 to $1.17. We topped at $1.18. 60% of the cows sold from $80 to $1.03. Bottom 20% of the cows sold from $79 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $1.20 to $1.50. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from $1.19 and down. Cold bulls sold from $1 to $1.25. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $200 to $320 per head. Light and pork quality calves sold from $200 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $275 to $645 per head. We will be accepting cattle on Monday, September 4th for the Tuesday sale from 4 to 8 p.m. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, September 8th. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's wrap up the week at the sale barns. Jerry Fitzgerald from the Equity Stratford Barn with us. Good morning, Jer. Well, Bob, and a good morning to you. And uh, another rather nice uh, sleeping uh, night last night. And and that big moon is still out there yet, so yep. this must be the last day for that, huh? Well, I don't know. I'm not uh, too much on that stuff. But uh, it's been beautiful to watch. That is for sure. Well, wrap up the week for us. How'd it go? I'll do that, Bob. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. Uh, summary from uh, yesterday and this past week here at Equity Stratford. Uh, mostly steady trading on all classes of livestock on the cow market, conventional-type cows. Most of the cows, high-yielding cows this week, uh, higher-yielding cows are selling from a dollar to a dollar nineteen. We had some fancy cows up to a top of 124. Most of the cows this week sold between 78 and a dollar. Thinner cows, like carcass cows, 75 and below. On the organic market, uh, we sell those on Tuesday. Now, these are organic cows, folks. Uh, they're selling from 150 to 167. Lighter weight organics, 145 and below. On the fed cattle trade, choice grading Holstein steers are mostly uh, uh, from 145 to 165. High-yielding choice, strictly prime Holsteins, 165 to 169. Select cattle, underfinished cattle, 142 and below. And again, a mostly steady trade on the calves. Uh, uh, replacement Holstein bull calves weighing uh, 90 to 130 pounds. Selling mostly from 125 to 275. Extreme top of the bull calves this week at $300. Heifer calves, a little bit of demand, especially earlier in the week, 75 to 200. Uh, heifer calves topped at 260 on Monday's auction. Beef calves continue to be very strong, 
300 to 600, and those again earlier in the week up to 650 on those good quality beef calves. And of course, uh, Monday is Labor Day. Equity Stratford will be closed on Monday. We'll reopen bright and early Tuesday morning next week for the market sale that will get underway at 10 o'clock. Uh, with market cattle, we will be selling baby calves around 11 o'clock on Tuesday, and also we will have the hay auction. That will also be around 10 o'clock on Tuesday. So we'll have to wait and see how the weather is going to be next week, but it is going to be warm. So I guess we'll have to deal with that when we get to it. But anyway, a lot of stuff going on the weekend, like Bob said. So, folks, enjoy the weekend. Stay cool. And uh, also, if you folks get a minute, uh, we do have some uh, – upcoming uh, dairy cattle auctions here in September here at Equity Stratford, so uh, check those out. We do have a, a complete organic herd, and also we do have another conventional herd uh, on the 19th. So, folks, information on the website on those sales. So, with that, Bob, turn it back to you. You take it easy this weekend. Stay cool. You're not going to go to the Badger game, huh? No, I let my son sit through the sunshine for that one, but uh, later in the year, it should be a little bit cooler. So, uh, we're, <laughs> we'll watch her on TV if we can. I don't know how that's going to work. Hey, you have a good one. We'll talk to you next week. You bet. Thank you much. There you go. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Barn. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And the Board of Trade was lower again yesterday, but overnight, December corn up two cents at 480, exactly where it was yesterday at this time. The oats still better price up two cents for December at 495. Wheat up three at 605. November beans up 12 at 1381. Meal up uh, 390 a ton. At uh, $407.90. Country elevator prices at Wheat and Grain, Chippewa Falls, and Connersville. Corn today, $420, beans $1310. Northside elevator, Loyal Corn, $490, beans $1329. Arcadia, $480, and $1346. DTN screen corn at Golden Plum, $490. At uh, Baldwin, Mondovi, and Elmwood, the corn's $455, the beans $1305. At Duran, $455, corn $1296, and the beans Fall Creek has their beans at twelve ninety six. The corn's four forty five. Osseo four sixty five and thirteen oh five. Elk Mound corn four eighty two. Beans thirteen twenty five. Uh, down at Sparta four seventy three and thirteen sixty one. Ellsworth the corn's four thirty five. Beans at twelve ninety. Ethanol plants corn at Boysfield today five oh eight. Stanley four ninety five. New Richmond at four eighty. Barrel cheese one eighty six. Blocks one ninety nine and a quarter. Again that's unchanged. Butter up two and a half. Two sixty four and a half. September Class 3, that was uh, up 2 at 1889. October up 15 at 1910. November up 24 at uh, 1878. December up 13, 1865. January up 8 at 1848. And as we told you earlier, the official August Class 3 came out 1791. And that's up $3.42 from July's uh, 1377, but down $2.91 from a year ago in August. Brent Wink is with us, fresh off some uh, field days. Uh, I always learn something with those field days on our Covering the Crops program, yep. Winfield United. I always learn something, and uh, good good field days. I mean, uh, this is one of those years where a lot of folks yeah. turned out, but a lot of more could have and should have. Yeah, yeah, we had uh, Synergy Co-op on Tuesday. We were up in Cameron, and Wednesday, or, yeah, Wednesday we were in Menominee, so it's always good to... You know, a one-stop shop. You can yep. see all the different seed companies and chemical companies that uh, the co-op is dealing with, and just so many things changing. You know, oh, whether boy. it's a weed or a bug, or you know, you always bet on the pest, and you always need new technology, new traits, new stuff. So, great chance to see them all out uh, there with that. You got um, any more of those coming up? Yeah, uh, Alcivia has theirs next Wednesday, September sixth. And Menominee, Menominee there. Yep, Menominee Plot. Farm. That uh, I think starts at noon out there. So you know, uh, just a couple of things. I got kind of a whole smorgasbord of things. But first off, on my way in this morning, my dad called in to to let me know that they finished cutting fourth crops. So just kind of a reminder to the dairy guys. Uh, you know, here we are at the end of August to try and get that fourth crop harvested quickly here so we can or last cutting whatever crop it is for you but just so we have enough time for that alfalfa to recuperate uh going into winter so good idea to get that wrapped up here soon but then the other thing uh on the on wednesday's plot day i got a question on irrigation and just kind of got my mind thinking on just the whether they should keep irrigating or not and obviously with all this heat and whatnot but so on a corn crop the growth stage when you get to uh, beginning dent, it's what we call reproductive uh, five or R5 stage. Basically, you've got about 400 growing degree units left 
to accumulate uh, before it's black layered, there's still about 35 to 40% of the yield left to be determined. So the stage we're at, there's still a lot of yield left to be determined, be determined in a corn plant. So obviously for it to lack moisture or nutrients or any of those things can have an impact. So if you've got the ability to run irrigation, obviously we're going to need that in the next several days here. So, you know, when we do get the heat like we're going to have, this is kind of nice. It's it's certainly going to finish the crop off sooner. We get uh, the weather we're going to have over the next few days from dent to full maturity, you need about 400 growing degree units, and we're going to be accumulating about 20 to 25 per day uh, with the weather like we're going to have over the next several days. So it's certainly going to speed the crop up when I look for silver linings. I don't think we'll need as much dryer gas on the corn crop, <laughs> and so I think that'll be one of the things this year. But uh, switching gears, like I talked about, we we had that Alcivia uh, field day on September 6th, so next Wednesday. So if you get a chance, stop on out for that. And then just uh, one last plug before we get there. So Rustic Lore Days, September 8th, the uh, Glenwood City FFA alumni will be having a truck and tractor pull. I'll be getting the pleasure to announce that. So at September the fairgrounds? 8th, at the uh, St. Croix County Fairgrounds in Glenwood City. Starts 7 p.m. Friday, September 8th. So I hope to see a whole lot of people hooking up trucks and tractors and a lot of people in the stands enjoying it. And that's always good, especially these FFA alumni fundraisers yep. and getting to invest money back into the community. Yeah, and uh, Glenwood City now has a young lady native that's the uh, instructor there in Glenwood you City, bet. too. You bet. It's nice to see when the locals come back home. You bet it is. All right, so lots of you got. Uh, you going camping this weekend? Or I imagine we'll end far? up. Is your dad going to let you go camping, or you got to well, go farm? Yeah, I I don't have an interest in cattle anymore, so I I don't have to. Uh, well, I have an interest in cattle, I was but say, not a financial interest. But, so uh, I won't be part of the haying crew. I'm sure we'll probably will make it uh, up to our cabin at some point this weekend. You mean you get away from haying just because of that? I I think so. I th- I think so. I, I do enjoy it. I enjoy it. it every now and then. Well. You're not slinging a hay fork. Or I wouldn't anymore. be doing that. I wouldn't be doing mowing duties this weekend. I, <laughs> no, if you get that's not that, where I would be. That's a good thing. Uh, thanks, Brent. All right, have a great weekend, Brent Wake, with us on our uh, program covering the crops. Winfield United, and yes, if you can stay out of the hay mow, stay out. Eighty-seven a day, ninety Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Very pleasant. Fifty-three right now. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com. <laughs>